Hello ladies and gentlemen, we're going to continue our coverage of uh, the World Championship on our channel. As per usual, uh, everything will be uploaded on the Spotify, I want to say podcast and Spotify. Uh, the podcast platforms that you already know about, you can go on Spotify, search of the voice of Yamato. Maybe you can check out Apple Podcasts too, it should be up there, maybe Google Podcasts. Um, let me know if there's any application that you're missing it from. Got it, but first you'll have to unlock your device. Man. Great. My phone keeps spying on me. Forgive me. Today was a very eventful day, and um, before I jump into the games, I wanted to talk about... You know, people look for the wrong pieces of information uh, when they evaluate best of ones. For example, after watching the Suning versus G2 game, I predicted today that Suning would win the game against G2. I think anyone who didn't clearly didn't watch the game or they're doing it, you know, because they believe in G2's improvement or something that is harder to evaluate. And, and that I can respect too, you know, I can respect that idea too when it comes to G2 and uh, their potential improvement. Okay, I, I get that. I'm not uh, saying this to, you know, talk bad about anyone's prediction. But there's some things that are very difficult to replicate in BU1s. For example, today, the game the Team Liquid won against Suning was when Suning really ran it down in draft. If there was a tiebreaker between Team Liquid and Suning, 100% of the time, I would choose Suning to be the victor. Because Suning can replicate a lot of the things they've shown in Best of Ones. Best of Ones come with a lot of um, dynamics, right? You know? Best of Ones can definitely come with a lot of craziness. We saw that with G2 against Team Liquid. I think some people were very hopeful for Team Liquid after that game, but in all honesty, that game will be very, very tough to replicate. There were certain things that uh, really, really went in their favor in that match, and they were playing against a composition that was uh, very poorly drafted. And this is, of course, something that G2 paid for. They paid for very dearly. Uh, they are now not the first place. Because if they beat Team Liquid on that day, they would be 5-1. and one, And uh, Suning would be 4-2. and two, And uh, it would have looked uh, very, very different. Right? Even if uh, G2 lost against Suning the second match. But G2 also made a steal. Another good example would be... Genji versus Fnatic. I think in that match, Genji showed a lot of qualities that uh, showed to me that they were a better team than Fnatic. Fnatic, that start that they had with the domination of bottom side, is not something that you can always replicate. And um, these are not things that we should jump conclusions off of. I think a lot of people are in the mindset that, wow, Reckless and Hilisang are better than Ruler in life. 
this is something that uh, you know that is crazy to jump to as a conclusion from that match that we saw. I rate Reckless and Hillisang very, very highly, higher than most people, most analysts. But to jump to that conclusion after that match is is silly, very silly. I mentioned as well, Team Liquid, Suning, also a good example. I just wanted to mention this before we hop into uh, the next game, or the first game, which was Team Liquid versus G2. And we knew from the get-go that this game is going to decide a big chunk of the group. Team Liquid with the Camille Band, Lucian Band, Twisted Fate, three champions that uh, are good for G2, right? Very good for G2. Caps, Cambly, Lucian, that's nothing new. Set first pick, something that can be sent bottom, of course. Volibear Ash. The moment Volibear is locked here, uh, you know that uh, this is going to go jungle. There's no other way around it. Graves and Lilia is already out, and they're expecting, of course, Team Liquid to not play Nildi. That was the gamble here. I think uh, Volibear Ash, it's a fine rotation, not a big deal. Volibear Jungle. I think in the context of the jungles that are banned against Team Liquid and how Team Liquid is as a team, I completely, you know, understand it. Team Liquid, Proxa, when um, Broxa has lanes that are ahead and they can give him a lot of prior and a lot of space, then I think he functions well as a jungler. But in an environment where he needs to be creative and be the ones creating leads, I think he is one of the weakest junglers uh, at the tournament uh, for doing so. I think when Team Liquid had a good level 1 or they had something going on and they had prior and mid and, and support, I think Team Liquid were good at controlling the game. I think they showcased that uh, plenty of times. But if, if they didn't get that nudge, you know, if they didn't get that push, there was nothing there to create that push. And those matches looked uh, very boring and dull and almost dead for Team Liquid. So the volleyball choice, stylistically, it makes sense into a team like Team Liquid. Because I think the way you beat Team Liquid is you make sure that you pressure a lot into bottom side and uh, nothing proactive will happen on the map. I think Core JJ almost single-handedly, well, not single-handedly, uh, together with Tactical, Core JJ and Tactical almost got Team Liquid out of the group stage this year. I think um, his performance was insane. Nevertheless, we go back to the draft, Tactical, Callista. We appreciate it. Syndra. I think Syndra is a bit iffy. I think playing Syndra when you are not that good at 2v2 mid, I think you shouldn't go for it. I think Syndra is a 2v2 mid champion, and um, I don't like it when Syndra is supposed to play for her jungler or play for other lanes. I think it made a lot more sense in the past, but Syndra, with her nerfs, I think she serves a very specific function. And yeah, the rough part is that there's a volleyball jungle on the enemy team as well, and G2 is going to counter pick. I think the easy choice was Oriana. I think Oriana is the safest blind, and I think in every game state she is going to always be fine. 
and Jensen is such a big Oriana player. I think if you're locking Syndra, you're looking to 2v2 mid. If you're picking Syndra and you don't 2v2 mid, I think uh, go next fast. And I think this is why we see so many Syndra losses. People picking Syndra and not to be doing mid. And uh, I think with a lot of the Syndra nerfs, you need to be very precise in the way you play Syndra. Syndra doesn't scale as bad as people want to make it out to be. That's something that I can push back on. But it's something like Syndra is being misused uh, quite often. I think a team like Team Liquid, Oriana should be the preference. Echo gets locked in, and Echo is happy to have a Volibear jungle. You know, Echo is not that great if you have a Graves, or a Nidalee, or a Lilia. A jungler that wants to play for him or herself. Echo needs a jungler that can play for him. Because if Echo gets an advantage, you're going to carry the game. Echo V is behind, he's going to solo lose the game. Same thing with Levelang. Same thing with a lot of champions. Right now... Depending on your jungler, you want to always make sure you have a strong 2v2. Not only strong 2v2, but you want both champions to be on the same page. There's always going to be one party that makes sacrifices and the other party that receives. In the farming jungle meta, if you think of the champions that are very successful, Twisted Fate, can make sacrifices for others. Galio, very good at making sacrifices for others. Set very good at making sacrifices for others and then of course Lucian the way the reason Lucian is so good is because he can in isolation get prior against almost anything 1v1 mid so that's also super important very little few champions win against Lucian from 1 to 5 and that can also give your Evan a lot of freedom because you have prior there and it means you can roam around those streets you can use Lucian uh, to get ahead and then afterwards, when Lucian begins to fall off in some matchups, he has mana immune to compensate, and he can choose his itemization. Either he can ramp up the snowballing with Blade, or he can ramp up the scaling and take a, a step back with, of course, mana immune. Well, you get my point. Echo needs a Volibear. He needs a set jungle. He needs a Leblanc. Or you play through side lanes and then into mid. But the team that's going to play through mid is going to have a slight edge. But it's definitely not doomed, right? Like if you have Nidalee Azir in your team, it's not Doom because your 2v2 is one source of damage, meaning magic. There are other ways to pressure from bot or from top into mid, don't get me wrong. But it's a worthy discussion to have. So already now, Syndra against Echo, like unless you're ready to get, you know, Leeson here, is going to be rough. We're going to the second wave, Leeson, Kindred, and then Hecarim gets picked. So Hecarim Syndra against Echo Volibear will lose out because Hecarim is strong when Echo become, starts to become strong. And uh, Syndra will be pressured by Volibear during the time where she's strong. So this is already a very tricky game for Syndra to play. And at the same time, it's Team Liquid's biggest weakness. So G2 through this Volibear will have enough space to pressure on the bottom side. And that's exactly what happened, right? A lot of dives into bottom... And uh, Set and Callista were shut down, and uh, G2 snowballed. G2 have better individual players. Uh, I think outside of uh, bot, I would say they are better in the jungle role, better in the mid lane role, and also better in the top lane role. Here, I think when the enemy picks Silas on fifth, you already have a lot of Mercury values, so that's a big plus for Team Liquid. 
I don't think their draft was bad per se because Kalista Lulu uh, genuinely against this team can do super super well. You're gonna have so much more Malmortius value. Both Silas and Echo don't like buying Void stuff. Uh, it isn't uh, the most premium item to buy uh, on these champions. So Mobile Mortius or Hex Drinker and Kalissa is going to have a field day. Same thing for Syndra, she can get Banshee second and be good. But G2 just snowballed the game out of hand way too quickly. They were super, super far ahead. Wonder was doing super well in the lane. He tried Flash for Flash at one point where he misstepped and uh, took a third shot. But all in all, this game was very one-sided and G2's composition that doesn't necessarily scale so well in this game did indeed manage to snowball this game out of control. Echo and uh, Silas, the strength here is that they should be able to win split against anyone that is center. Both Echo and Silas should win against Lulu when items begin to pile up. Uh, it's going to take a little bit extra time because Lulu is going to buy so much magic resistance as I mentioned with the Mercury and, of course, with the Athenes. But all in all, uh, something that Team Liquid could have done, uh, but I don't think they were ready to, was to send Set into Silas. Set would have a good time against uh, Silas. He has a very easy execution access, and he can itemize very freely here. And then Lulu support. Kalista Lulu against Tam, I think, should be playable. But um, I think they just want to make sure that... Uh, Code JJ plays on something proactive. I think that was the idea. And then G2 just showed in this particular match that they are just better. Hecarim was inactive. It was another one of those passive games. I think uh, Broxa couldn't keep up with defending the dives. And uh, G2 just snowballed the game out of control. We move on to the next game. Machi uh, versus Suning. So it was weird to me that Machi decided to pick Volibear into Graves. I don't think that's a great matchup. I love the Bard on third. The Bard is so good into all three already. You're going to get a lot of value. Syndra Graves Galio is something that they execute well on. They've already showed that they can use Galio prior in order to gain jungle advantages. And uh, Galio and Graves... Like Syndra and Volibear need to take the fight to them and uh, need to look to maybe potentially find one shot or something uh, after Syndra 6, for example, or find uh, gang timers. But if Galio gets to play for Prion, uh, play for Graves, it becomes very tricky. Jin gets picked into Ash. I didn't understand the Tom Kench ban because most of the time here you are very happy to play against Tom as, as, as Bard and potentially Graves. So I didn't understand the Tom ban. Karma I could understand somewhat, but still kind of weird. And um, like in a different world, I, I would just ban... Like I, I would be afraid of like Pantheon here. I would be afraid of Pantheon. Uh, Wukong ban happened here, so Jay's blind pick becomes very predictable. I thought here they would straight up just uh, go mall fight like everybody else. You have a, a position where the enemy is pretty AD heavy and... Uh, you have three champions that are very weak against Malphite because you can't uh, get away uh, from him unless they have Flash. So that is a, a very nice Malphite spot. But Bean, Bin or Bean, whatever you want to say, locked in Irelia. And there's a skill matchup, but I would say that uh, Irelia is favored. I think like you make one mistake with Jace and you're going to pay for it for the rest of the game. I didn't understand why Machi abandoned their idea that they had in, on the first day. So on the first day, 
we had Machi vs. Team Liquid. And uh, here, time is their friend. They had the volleyball for the early game. And it looked cool. It looked good. I was happy about this. But then they kind of lost their way. Because this was one game where I was like, wow, have I underestimated Machi? But it turns out that I estimated them just right. Suning won this game uh, pretty easily. Uh, ben had a couple of solo kills. There were some ganks that happened on the top side. He traded his life. But this was pretty much in control uh, the entire time, in my opinion, when it came to Suning. G2 versus Machi was a very similar story. Uh, Lucian got super, super far ahead. I think this draft showed that, um, that G2 just don't play Evelyn. They went for Lilia. I think any team that knows how to play Evelyn would pick Evelyn here. You have Evelyn, Shen, Lucian. I think it's just a stronger three than, than the Lilia. Orn Graves, Oriana, the Holy Trinity. They tried to bring back what they were so, so good at. Uh, this game was a little bit closer than I expected, um, considering the position the Lucian was in. There were some catches here and there, and Machi actually managed to get three dragons, and they were on soul points. But luckily for G2, I don't feel like they were too pressured by it, because it was just a cloud soul. Cloud soul is nice and all, but um, like an ocean soul or even an infernal soul would have been so, so much better. Mountain would have been beautiful too. If you look at these champions, I do feel like um, Machi scales better, so I felt, felt like this definitely fit the pattern, but Lucian just got uh, too overfed, and Yankos actually had a decent game where he doesn't die level 1, so that helped uh, things uh, immensely. We move on. I think uh, Lucian should just be permabound or red. I think it just uh, gives you too much... Uh, Options. Team Liquid versus Suning was a very strange one. So they're banning top laners, Renekton and Camille Nidalee. I was surprised by the Nidalee ban, but uh, okay. Graves' first pick to deny Broxo, of course. I like that strategy. Set Lilia. I didn't know or I wasn't sure that uh, Jensen plays set when they locked it here. I thought maybe they're just going to send it bottom, which is, of course, an option. Uh, Twisted Fate uh, and Jace gets locked and uh, I think already here the draft is lost. Very strange to lock Twisted Fate and Jace like that. The Malphite locking came in and it was the easiest Malphite locking of um, Impact's life. Jace blind pick feels so outdated. Not feels, but it is outdated. It's been nerfed a lot and uh, you cannot create those situations anymore where you snowball too hard because of how busy your junglers are. Like the amount of work Jace needs to do in a lot of matchups from 1 to 5 is just not realistic anymore. So I was very surprised by Suning's draft choices here. Timber could punish, Malfa gets locked, SGO Caitlyn uh, gets banned. To remove any AD carries with dashes, of course, they want to make sure that uh, they can land the Malfa ultimate without problems. Senna, Tam, Sindhu, uh, Oriana ban were kind of strange, but I think, you know, they were expecting Set to not be played uh, in mid. But I think with the moment you see Lila Malphite and they are adding Sindhu, Oriana to that scenario uh, in fourth pick or fifth pick, I think 
it will be so so easy to look uh, like uh, I think this is just a waste of bands you can ban Bard you can ban more ADs like if you ban ADs probably uh, of course Tio will just pick Senna away but I think Cinderoriana ban you know against Jensen maybe it makes sense but uh, if the enemy has Oriana, Mollified, Lilia, that's a whole lot of AP damage. You're going to have a lot of value uh, on your team. Anyhow, we've seen this draft before. Graves, Jace, Senna all want to build Lethality. They can't, of course. And um, Mollified, I think, ended with 800 armor in this game. It was really, really absurd. It was way too much. And I think even though Suning lost this, they managed to get some leads. Uh, Team Liquid um, held strong and also fought back and uh, eventually they won because honestly, this was very, very big draft cap. Like, I don't understand how they expect to ever kill Malphite and I feel like they should have known that this is coming. There's no other way around it. Team Liquid uh, versus Machi, I think... Was just called JJ Smurfing, man. Smurfing, Smurfing, Smurfing. Steam Liquid, Syndra, Shen, Lilia, which isn't uh, super exciting. I just wanted to mention here that Team Liquid showed a very big weakness that they don't play Lucian. Maybe the same thing can be said for Sooning, yeah, but Lucian Graves is very bad. Just they were not willing to pick Lucian. Like imagine they went Lucian fifth and they went Bard. I mean, not Bard, they went set. Uh, support, which was an option, but Tam is fine into set, but um, just is something to consider. Like here, Team Liquid uh, showed that they are not ready to play Lucian, and I think that's a big deal. Very big deal. Sorry. We continue to the next point or next game. Forgive me, I'm truly feeling very tired today. I um I feel like the lack of sleep is catching up to me and uh, I really like doing these and I want to stay uh, on top of them as much as possible. I want to bring them out on uh, the same day and um I'll try my best. Of course, we're going to do a couple of reviews here and there, but we're hanging in. Uh, we're hanging in. This one uh, was very interesting because uh, they have triple AP first three, right? Syndra, Shen, Lydia, which isn't the most exciting first three. Like, Orn is going to have a lot of value. Cassidy is going to have value. But this game, Pantheon and Senna, like, what... What Code JJ did in this game was so beautiful. Unbelievable. He won v won the jungle, pressured so, so much. This was um, so, so impressive. They needed 80 damage and Core JJ provided it. And um, they started the game from the get-go. Core JJ with Pantheon. This was like the pick that I wanted to see more often from Core JJ. He, like, le legit, looking back at this game, Core JJ, like, this was the story of Team Liquid this entire tournament. Core JJ 
carried so unbelievably hard, man. Core JJ is... Like, I kind of want Core JJ to come back to Korea, man. This man is so, so good. He won v nine this game. He was he found Lee Sin, pushed him out of his jungle. Like he he just prepared everything for for Roxa. Roxa just came up and, and stole camps. Absolutely insane. And usually Team Liquid with their this comp with first three, you know, they went for Lee. I didn't like Lee too much. Uh, especially like here it was kinda weird. Lily open, Lily open, you go Lee. Anyhow. Enemy goes Delia, triple AP, Shanna has mixed damage, sure, but uh, Kalista Caitlyn Bang comes in from Machi, targeted at uh, Mr. Team Liquid, and then they went to Pantheon Center. There's very little to add. Team Liquid are good when they're ahead. I'll give them that. When they're ahead, they are good. Very precise macro team. That's something that, uh, you know, can't be said about G2. Like G2, they are not as precise as Team Liquid when they're ahead. When Team Liquid ahead, they stay ahead. Uh, I think that's something that should be celebrated. Uh, team Liquid against G2, when they invaded, got the lead. When they got uh, the lead against Suning too, after the invasion. Uh, they held the game by its balls. So it's uh, definitely something that uh, should be encouraging for Team Liquid fans. I don't think Team Liquid's finish in this tournament was embarrassing. I think uh, play-ins made them weaker because they had to show what they prepared. And uh, I think... Machi came in with good bans on the first day and uh, then they tried to do a Twitch Rakan. I think that was a big blunder against Suning. That wasn't really a real game because of it. And uh, then they ended in 3-3. Like, it was rather close. And I don't think, you know, it's like, haha, lul. You know, I don't think it's uh, like North America's boom situation. I do believe, though, that Team Liquid is the best and strongest representative of uh, North America at this tournament. And I think 3-3 uh, is not too shabby. If we put in context the year of Team Liquid, they had uh, to bring in Tactical, who's a rookie. And um, they were at one point, I believe, 8th place in spring. And then in summer, they were in contestion for um, the first place. I think uh, if things went differently, maybe they could still be the winner. I don't think it was that clear that TSM was the best team in North America because those best of fives were very flippy. Very, very flippy. They finished ninth place in spring even. Yeah. Yeah, spring was was an absolute disaster for 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 um, Team Liquid, and that's why you know when people are talking about North America, not like th there are organizations that know what they're doing in North America. It isn't like Vulcan made a good meme, like oh, Mad Lions is bad. That means whole Europe must be bad. 
I think um, a lot of the issues in North America are some of the organizations that are below the likes of Team Liquid and Cloud9. They are in, in a position where they need to innovate and challenge the top, but they don't. You have one, like you have a couple of players just swapping teams. They're going in between teams. Maybe it's going to be good here. That's um, not the way. You look at Cloud9. Can you really talk bad about Cloud9? They had a, they had a rough year this year, of course, after the the, the start of spring, but they brought up a lot of uh, NA players and they've done well at Worlds together with Reaper. Team Liquid have uh, won a lot of championships over the years. They built championship level teams uh, managed by Steve. They dropped down in the span of a split. They managed to figure it out because this is uh, an organization with strong fundamentals. Flycus as well, they managed to get back-to-back -to -back finals. That's that's cool, right? That's interesting. I don't think it's like, oh, NA, NA is, is a disaster. Everything is a disaster. I think there are some golden nuggets there, and I think there is definitely some catching up to do. But this video is not going to be uh, about, uh, you know, North America, because that's a very, very big topic. And maybe we'll discuss that some other time if people are interested. All in all, I just wanted to give a shout out, uh, since this is closing the chapter on Team Liquid, I want to give a shout out to Code JJ for his incredible performance, tactical for his rookie year that has all already been fantastic, really, really insane rookie year, and I think tactical is definitely, you know, a reason and a motivation for teams to explore players that have that potential instead of recycling the same old names that will never kick the top players from their throne. When I say top players that are within the region, like Xmithy was around for the longest time, right? We had we have Jensen, we have Bjergsen, we have Doublelift. You know, they, they are good in their own way, right? But they get to face the same names over and over again. They're like, yeah, this guy beat him last year, and I have to play him again. He's wearing a different jersey, but I don't care. I know for a fact that I'm better than him. Right? It's like the, the, the same circle of players are winning the championships over and over again. And I don't blame them, right? Can, can you blame some of these orgs, right? You can't. And I don't think there's a problem with importing either. Imports are good. Imports are successful in North America. It's it's the conversation isn't about imports and saying that imports are bad. It really isn't. I think some of the greatest players in North America are imports. You look at uh, you look at FlyQuest, Ignar Power People, strong imports. They've been very good for FlyQuest, very healthy for FlyQuest. Can you say that they shouldn't import? Makes no sense. Same with uh, Team Liquid. You have Code JJ being fucking fantastic. Jensen also integral, Bjergsen integral. There are many good imports in North America. I don't think it's like, stop importing any talent, ha ha ha. 
No, there has to be there has to be a mix of that. There has to be a, a mix, and I don't think there's any shame in that. I think it's very disappointing when people talk about oh ha 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 this team is uh, they have no North American players or whatever, right? I don't think uh, that's fair because they're abiding by the rules. But when you look at some of the importing that has been done by some teams, it is just a tragedy. Like the level of scouting and uh, the level of coaching staffs and management, I think this is the key issue. I think the issue is cultural. And culture comes from within. Culture really comes from within. The staff and um, the management sets the culture. It's very important. When, for example, Ellis uh, had... uh, uh, he had this rumor. I don't know what it was, if it was confirmed or not. I don't want to. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what it was. But about main t- ma- teams or players not wanting to scrim their academy because they're afraid of their job. How can a player be in a position where he has any choice? That makes no sense to me. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Shocking. Like, what on earth is the coach doing? Like, what are the coaches doing in North America? What on earth? If that's true, it's 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 nuts to me. It's like if the players are running the if if if, if the players are running the teams, my goodness. That's that's terrible. Like if if I coach in North America, this is the culture within the team is is the number one thing. And that falls on management. Players have one job. That is to, to play the game. Right, they need to be, and there is a lot of pieces to this. Being a good teammate, that's being a better player, and so forth. You know, and I know we are devolving into a big uh, any discussion when I didn't really plan to, but it is disingenuous to say whole North America is doomed. It's very disingenuous because there are good orcs in North America, and they have they have pre-existing conditions. Um, matter you know player base matters ping matters but they are not excuses they are not excuses I've ran into I've, I've I know Arabic players okay Arabic players that play on EO West on 150 ping and they are top 50 challenger 
Do you think they are sitting and complaining? No, really not. They are not complaining. There are players from Latin America that are playing on an A server that are high rank. Frost had a good take on this in Euphoria this week. TLDR NA players fail to fundamentally understand matches. That has nothing once again to do with players. It's just about coaching mindset and team mindset and culture. Like, like we can't cover up, oh, the players that are over in North America are, are less intelligent. Like, no, it doesn't work this way. It really doesn't work this way. But player base and ping, if you allow yourself to make this as an excuse, you're, you're also going to fail. There is so many examples in the world where there are cultures amongst people that excel at something. They are masters at something. Right? For example, Japanese culture, you know? The 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 samurai culture, you know? There are so many things that are the best in the world from places that have very very small populations I, I believe I remember reading that the the average of Nobel Prize winners from Japan is like whew, insane population is a factor but I think there are other factors that you can affect because population is like, we're not at that point in time. We are very, very far from that point in time where every single variable is optimized. Japan has 120 million people though. Yes. But they, they, I think, I believe, I understand that they have more Nobel Prize winners on average than, for example, a country with 2 billion people. Like, if, if population was the only thing that matters, then China would be the best at everything, right? Everything, everything they would be the best at. But it's not the case, right? Obviously, it matters how many people are doing it, like, whatever, you get me, but... There is more to it than just population. The Republic of Dagestan. Three million people live... There. But the amount of fucking MMA fighters they produce, it's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. The list of, of, uh, of, uh, of UFC fighters that they've produced, it's insane. New Zealand, good example. New Zealand. Five million, you say? Five million people? I'm not sure. But, my goodness... Is, is, can anyone make any claim on the, the sport of rugby? No. They figured out their culture. They're doing the oh, oh, I don't know what, the, what it's called. Jesus. Monsters. Beasts. 
Dahaka. Yes. Culture matters. It really does. And if you don't take the responsibility upon yourself with an organization to create a good culture, then if you sit there and blame your players, or if, if players get blamed, this is, this is a joke to me. This is a very big joke to me. It's insulting to me. Very insulting. What are you doing? Tactical is very impressive. Yeah, tactical is impressive. That's why I think it's wrong to say, haha, you know, uh, NA Lul. Very wrong. Think wrong. Because there are good organizations in North America. Look at Europe, right? If you compare it to Europe. It's just that any organization that isn't G2 and Fnatic, they have the obligation to do something that shocks the system. They have an obligation if they are just skating by and accepting being sixth or whatever, they're not going to push the region forward. And what's exciting about Europe is I, I pushed this movement for the longest time ever, right? The reason Splice was intriguing to me was because I had five rookies, right? Five rookies, that's exciting, you know? The potential is unlimited and... You know, what it, what it came down to was, I believed in these players to fulfill a potential, right? Same with Vitality. I brought in three rookies, Gilius, and finally, of course, I kept Kawashart. I saw these three players have a higher potential than any of the names that I could recognize that were free agents at the time. Should I get the players that have lost against the top players over and over again? Or should I take a risk and add to the ecosystem something positive? I could have, you know, back in spring when we were in relegations, I could have, you know, I had the option because at the time people were saying, oh my God, Wunder is the biggest Inter. Why is he in LEC? You know? Like, what on earth? Like, people were clueless because I saw this Wunder is fucking amazing, you know? I saw it. I saw it. So no worries. But Wunder is in the ecosystem now. Look at him. What a fucking beast. Mickey, what a fucking beast, man. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I, you know, I gave them a little nudge. They would have found their way anyway. They would have been in G2 now regardless. Don't get me wrong at all. I'm not trying to pull... Uh, any, uh, I'm not trying to take credit at all for their career. Not at all. I just gave them a little nudge in the right direction. Little nudge. They would have been. They would have been where they're at, regardless. It would. It would have just. It was meant to be, you know, with these guys. One hundred percent meant to be. Same with the uncles, you know, meant to be. One hundred percent meant to be. But that's the thing, right? North America is lagging behind a little bit on this. I would rather have 
you know, if I'm watching a team in North America and there's, I see a team with five names that I recognize, you know, the boring old names. I don't need to call them out. The boring old names. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And I see five names I don't recognize. Some solo queue people. I'm like, okay, let's see. You know, maybe they, maybe they suck dick. Maybe they're terrible. Maybe they are not good in the beginning. But at least there's, there's, there's excitement. There's some risk, you know? Maybe there is some risk. Maybe something will come out of it. Maybe one player is fantastic, you know? Maybe one player is good. Okay, you build on that. You work on that. You add to it, you know? And there's no shame in importing at all. No shame. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Dehesa. Thank you. That is very kind of you. I appreciate it very much. Well, Korea have a very big advantage in the Korea's an advantage is because the 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 culture in Korea already promotes discipline. That is really broken. None of my players, I have 15 players, they none of them have a problem with discipline. In Europe it's the contrary. In, in Europe, it's also a challenge just to teach discipline, the meaning of discipline, the importance of discipline. And that, that is in itself really, really broken. And now, the organizations within Korea have been around for a long time as well. Within Korea, everyone's disciplined and uh, the idea of authority is, um, is ingrained in the culture. I love Asian culture for this reason. The discipline, you know. And now, you know, the LCK, the teams in the LCK, they are going so deep to find talent. Very, very deep. The rosters are becoming larger and larger and larger. I don't love it only because I'm a coach. I love it because I align myself with this. The only issue that I ran into was with players within sandbox an issue we had was that they are um, not necessarily speaking their mind when they should they're not forming their own thoughts they're waiting for commands and then they will act and this is something that needs work because the game of League of Legends is, right now, it changes, you know? You need to be like water. You need to flow with the game. The game is a cup, you won't need to become the cup. 
comes a bottle, you need to become the bottle. You can't come in stiff as ice, you know? Because if something happens that you're not prepared for, you need to be able to adapt. And this is where your own thoughts and your own mind, you'll need to be like water. Even though things are definitely within the game, you know, things that uh, follow a very similar shape, you know, there are similarities between the games, but there are very key nuances that almost always differ. And this is what I see within Damwon now. So back to the conversation about North America. There are organizations in North America that have an obligation to challenge. They have an obligation to use their academy system right. Because I, even though the player base is smaller, I think it shouldn't be used as an excuse. And the moment you allow this to become an excuse with a ping or player base becomes your excuse and you accept the position you're in, you're going to fail. You're definitely going to fail. It really is like the 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 teams that are at Worlds, like the teams that manage to get to Worlds, uh, TSM, FlyQuest, Team Liquid, don't belong in the conversation of the criticism towards NA. Really not. FlyQuest rebranded. They managed to you know Curry, uh, you know with the team, their coach Curry, uh, they managed to uh, get two back-to-back finals with rosters that on paper are worse, what is there to, you know, attack the Team Liquid now, uh, they, they tried to change themselves coming into playoffs, it didn't work out, they managed to get to Worlds anyway, and had a decent run at the World Championship. Like Team Liquid getting 3-3, and today they played well, it is something to be happy about. In terms of how they played. It's just that. What will be considered good. For North American fans. You know what will be considered good. Like do they need to get out of groups. Is everyone going to be happy then forever. Do they need to win worlds. Is everyone going to be happy then. Like what? what is. What is. What is good? Good gameplay. Well, Team Liquid showed some good gameplay. They did. I think the underlying issue is, and the biggest one for me before we move on, is just, as I've mentioned before, cultures within teams and... um, the usage of academy, I don't think import is a problem, really. There are, there are some fantastic imports in North America, 
Like the moment there are good imports, people are like Lul, haha, he is from Korea. This is not an A player. Like this is really like a joke. Really, really a joke. There are there are good use. There is many many great use cases for imports. There's no shame in that. But the organizations below these organizations that win time and time again have have to challenge everything. Every year for G2 and Fnatic, there's someone else trying to creep in. Right? That's the beauty of Europe. This year it was Mad Lions. Of course, they fall, fell flat. There was Rogue. They were trying to challenge it, right? With refreshing new faces. This was a rookie year for Mad Lions. Rogue also have a bunch of rookies, right? Two thousand eighteen, we did it with Vitality. We were there. We were trying to, you know, make something happen. Misfits two thousand seventeen, a bunch of rookies. Hans Sama, you had Alfari, Max Lore. They were pressing. They beat Fnatic in the best of five. Splice 2016. We were five rookies. We uh, got to the finals against G2. We won three and one. But it required G2 to, you know, do some things different. Still, G2 and Fnatic have kept winning, right? They have kept winning. It really isn't. I think it's unfair to put everyone under the same category. I think also, I think Huni is better than Kumo. And I think the mistake that EG did was not benching their AD. I think Bang should have been benched. And I think Huni should have played top. Jizuka should have played mid. And I think they would have been really good. Huni legit tried to 1v9 playoffs. Like Huni did well in those games. I think uh, people are just pushing this narrative for Huni. Anyhow. Uh, we continue. So we spoke about this draft, Pantheon, KJJ, uh, 1v9. Sony was G2. I, I didn't understand this draft. Like, if you put Senna support, it better be for getting some valuable pick that is going to be doing so well into the enemy champions that you're like, wow, this is so good. But you're picking Kalista into Sintra, Bard, Ezreal, Camille. Like, Kalista's not good here. Why, why was Kalista picked here? Kalista has absolutely no synergy at all with Senna. Like you, you, you ult your Senna in silliness. It's just it felt like G two here was so focused on whatever matchups they had that uh, they just kind of fell apart in what they wanted to accomplish. You have Renekton into Camille, but you have a Graves jungle. 
Renekton Graves is absolute trash, we know that. Graves Echo also together is not good. Is is very weak. Graves Echo together doesn't make sense. We had this conversation before. Uh, Graves needs a mid laner that plays for him. Echo wants a jungle that plays for him. So this isn't the, the craziest combo. This isn't great. Bin went for Omnistone and Ignite. And I can't say I know too much about Omnistone Camille. I don't. So so don't ask me about that one. Sorry. But Ignite, my theory is that you have SoFM in the jungle. Graves doesn't have time in this game to go top. Doesn't have time. She's just going... He, he knows his matchup top will be very isolated. Graves Renekton 2v2 doesn't exist. If Graves goes top to spend time, Bar Javan's going to take over the map. It just isn't worth it. It's just here, the whole focus was Renekton against Camille. 1v1, that's good. Echo against Syndra. 1v1, that's good. Uh, Ezreal, Bard. Kalista against Ezreal, Bard. In isolation, that's good. But all everything together, like Renekton against a team composition that is like this together with the Graves jungle, not good. Echo with Graves jungle, not good. Kalista, Senna, bot lane together, not good. Kalista against Syndra, Ezreal in mid game, terrible. You can't. In isolation, matchups are good. But Echo isn't good versus Syndra 1v1. Yeah, you're wrong. Point is, I think coming into this match, I, I already felt like Suning was uh, a better team. Like this, this wasn't by any stretch of the imagination a perfect game, but it didn't feel like Suning were under any type of heavy pressure throughout this game. They managed to snag some kills on Renekton. Renekton TP'd, Camille stayed top, and there was a lot of things that went in uh, Suning's favor. G2 fought back a little bit, but then it just uh, it was completely uh, out of hand. Completely out of hand. I think, you know, G2 won against Suning, but even that game was such a fucking steal. That was a crazy steal of a game, and Suning gave away that win. So, in my eyes, I feel like G2 got, you know, all three'd. They, they got three old by the LPL team. G2 didn't throw on purpose. Get rid of that, guys. Like, Kalista legit will have such a hard time playing against Syndra. It's so hard to play Kalissa against this team. And then, well, what are you going to do? Throw Senna into the enemy like a, like a kebab. 
It doesn't work, man. I didn't like this draft at all from red side. I was just... Like, this Javan pick was so f weird too, man. This Javan was really strange. I didn't understand this. I was very surprised by Jarvan. Like, are you picking Jarvan into Echo, Renekton, Graves? Like, what on earth, man? It's so weird. But SoFM is just... SoFM is just wild. Like... I know that SoFM is a really good Jarvan. <laughs> Jarvan synergizes well with Camille? Why? <laughs> Why do they synergize well, my friend? Because they, 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 they have an ultimate that have the same shape? Is that why they synergize well? They don't. <laughs> Late game draft G2? Late game draft with Renekton, Graves, Senna, Callista? Yamaro and praising LPL LCK teams. Name a better iconic duo. What do you mean? Last year I was on G2 hype train. And I predicted G2 to take it all the way. I predicted, predicted them to win MSI. I thought they were going to take uh, the final two. After beating T1 and uh, beating Dam1. Uh, like it's really... I, I'm, I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. And I think coming into the quarterfinals, I don't think there's any matchup that Fnatic, that G2 is going to have that makes them favored. I think against Genji, they will have a hard time. Against Top Esports, I think they will have very little chances to win. Against Damwon, even less. How do you like Kindred here? Hmm. I thought they would just go Lilia. Honestly. I like what I've seen from Genji so far, but the problem with Genji is they're suffering from health issues. Like, like, how am I supposed to judge that? I feel so bad for Ruler. Very bad for Ruler. And then finally, we had... We had this game. I... I don't know. Like, I was over in the LCK, and I don't understand the Cyan and the GP. I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. Like, Syndra, I think Syndra just needs to be put in a situation where she has a good 2v2. I think there are too many matchups where... If you find the right counter that with time you're going to have a problem. Like picking Syndra and Lilia together in one and two is a problem. 
Alexandra Lilia, one, two, like you have Echo, Akali, you have good options to pick into it. You buy Mercury and Syndra will not recover. She really won't. She will have a very, very hard time to recover. The moment she gets Mercury, it's super, super hard. I think Syndra Lilia, not good to pick together. I think the only way to salvage this here is to send Syndra Bot. Syndra Bot set mid Lilia. That would make sense to me. And then against GP, let me just pull up a champion list. I'll just do it real quick. Just need to see champions. Sorry, guys. Camille banned, Lucian banned. Um, maybe he doesn't want to play Jace, I don't know. Like you play Jace here. I don't think uh, I don't think Renekton is bad either. Like you, you have the Lilia jungle, so I don't think Renekton is bad. I think Renekton is better than than Sion, as far as I know. Wukong. I don't know. Like Sion is not something that I saw. And um, like no one played, I, there was not a single Scion game at all. People really judge G2 based on best of one. The thing is, uh, G spotted 66, is that there's a lot of nuance you can take away. A lot of nuance that you can take away. A lot of key pieces of information that are right there in front of us, even in best of ones. For example, G2, last year at Worlds, the first game they played against Griffin, they smashed their face in. In very, very convincing fashion. This is not the same as last year. G2 are not innovators. I don't feel like G2 have any obvious strengths over any other team this year. I don't think G2 have some incredible macro. That was the case last year. I think in terms of mid to late game decisions, I think they were the best. They had severe early game issues. And they were innovators. When they won MSI, they were ahead of their time. And don't get me wrong, I think G2, right now, Mickey, very, very good individual performance. Very fucking good individual performance. Caps, 
also good individual performance. Wunder, also very good individual performance. But Suning, five. Five players, really good individual performance. It's not enough. You know? It's not enough. Suning, individual, crazy good. Really, really good. And don't get me wrong, of course, innovating in this meta, very difficult. Very, very hard. I'm not blaming G2 for that. But it's just to have a conversation about what's different about G2 this year in comparison to last year. Coming into Worlds last year, Jankos, crazy form, back-to-back -back MVP, perks, crazy good form, was re-innovating bot lane as a role. Like he was, he was changing bot lane. That G2 was very different from this year's G2. And of course the meta is different. It's hard to replicate. I don't blame them. But I'm just looking at the facts. Because someone wrote up, oh, people are judging G G2 for uh, for best of ones. And sometimes uh, game, the, the game meta and how the game is played is moving in some directions, some specific directions. Yankos is still good, don't get me wrong. But... The level of individual players at the World Championship is really high. Like the, the, the individual players that the LPL and the LCK are bringing to the tournament are really nuts. And you need... You need more than that. Anyhow, looking at this draft, I don't know. Maybe I don't have information about Sion. I just, I, I'm not too excited about, about it. And people are asking about Caps' performance. Like on paper, I, I, I don't recall. I, I have to review it. We're going to review it on this channel. And we're going to go through it the game uh, very carefully. But Syndra Lilia against Akali is already a bad uh, idea, in my opinion. Malphite is better. Malphite is very bad against GP. You don't want it. Yangos just needs to start ganking more. The thing is, if you make comments like that, no offense, you obviously have no clue. And that's okay. But recognize that you have no clue. And that's okay. You know, you can begin to learn more then. I really don't mean uh, to to be offensive. I don't know what happened in Caps's lane. I don't know. I don't. I didn't watch it as carefully as I could have. So we're going to review that. So let's leave those Caps questions for later. But I thought this draft from Blue Side was wonky. But I just I'm not a believer in in Sion and then Akali matchup into Lilia Syndra is so easy. 
uh, to deal with. Here with the Leona pick as well, Triple AD becomes better. Uh, Triple AD becomes a lot better. Uh, Leona is like you count Leona as an AP champion. So it's like th this draft here has a lot of flexibility in terms of how they want to approach the game. I, I think Blue Side is a very, very strong draft with a lot of good champions, a lot of options, and uh, uh, a lot of ways to approach the game. I, I, I like this type of draft. You know, at first glance, it might look weird, but then in contrast to what they're against, it looks super good. I just thought here, Syndra bot set mid. I thought that was the plan, or set top. Uh, Sion was locked here. I thought maybe they're going to go Jace. I thought Jace, set mid, Syndra bot, support fifth. And then I thought, wow, this is looking impressive. I think Ashley Ona is a strong lane, and I think Akali into Lilia Syndra. Like Akali, Akali Echo are very similar to, to they, they're like better versions of Castle than I feel. Like if they're playing against double AP, uh, rushing Mercury just auto wins them the lane. But if we look at individual synergies, like the biggest question mark is, is of course, Graves versus Akali. But I think Ash Leona is winning enough for Graves to have an avenue to play through. AP bot lanes are very, very bad. Guys, I am willing to trust the fact that if mages both were good perks would play them i don't think like i i am smart enough to know that on this topic perks knows a lot better like you you guys genuinely believe that if ap bottling were good that perks wouldn't play them that you're sitting at home in your chair and you believe that you know better than perks on this topic The arguments against AP uh, bot is AP heavy comes up bad and there's not a lot of AD options in mid. There's not a lot of AD options in jungle either. AP junglers are really OP right now because of the strength of the AP jungle item. But that's just appeal to authority. No, it isn't. It really isn't. Like this, this is a very different scenario. I can give scenarios. I, I can give reasonings as to why AP mid, AP bots are not being played. I already, I already. Uh, I already spoke about it. I already explained. I'm not going to do it.
Anyhow, the group has been summarized, right? We've come to a close. We're going to go in depth about G2 and Sony and that game in our review. Uh, G2 coming into the best of fives, I don't think they look as strong as last year. I think Mickey is performing out of his mind. But even in his group alone, he had two other supports that were performing really well. Sorda did well, in my opinion. Core JJ did super super well. I think Core JJ and Mickey's performance is comparable. And that's only in the group. And then there's uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is Mickey performing really, really well isn't enough. You know, there's a limit to how well a single player can perform. Hilly Sang also is performing out of his mind. Hilly Sang is also doing really, really well. Hillisang is super gapping many of the games that they played so far. Against TSM, what he did to Biofrost was illegal, man. Criminal, what he did to him. Complete annihilation in the super role. LGD, honestly, what should he do here? He's playing trash and the draft was just bad. So, what on earth? Against Genji, I think it speaks for itself. Speaks for itself. Hilly Sang, really good. What I was trying to say is Wunder performing really, really good. Meiki performing really, really good. Caps performing really, really good. It's not enough to win the upcoming best of fives. And this is what makes me worried. Because G2 have clear issues. They have things to catch up on when it comes to the current meta. I don't think it's, it's fair to point to a single player. Because the way you play the current jungle meta, you need to do it as a, new, as a unit. And the tricky thing for G2 is that they practice a specific way the entire year. They were like, we're going to figure out 2v2 mid and we're going to become really, really good at it. We're going to be good at ganking mid. We're going to be good at snowballing mid. They're very good at it. But now it's like... It's not so useful. And that's a problem. The level 1 issues, solvable. No problem. I don't think G2 is going to have an issue when it comes to this. I do believe that G2 is going to perform better, but how much better? That's the thing. That's the worry. Because now, even in the best of ones, in the past, I, I could see things that inspired me to believe in them to beat some of the strongest team at the tournament. I don't think they have something that... Uh, makes them that much better macro-wise than Damwon or Genji or Top Esports. And these are most likely the three teams they're going to face.
I think it's going to be very, very tough. G2 need to level up super much. It's funny because Fnatic is the exact opposite, right? Fnatic was saved by the meta change. They were trying to play this meta when no one else could. They were trying to push for the graves when no one else, when, when it just wasn't in style. And... Now, 10.16 landed, Evelyn, Hecarim, Nidalee, Graves. It was the complete opposite. And this made Fnatic a lot better, right? Because now Selfmade is in a position where he has a lot of agency, and he loves that. Selfmade is almost born for that. Yeah, he was playing Soraka because he didn't know Senna existed. Right? Rekas was playing uh, Soraka when, when, because Senna was not in his mind. <laughs> so that's great. You know? Fnatic is exciting. Yeah, in terms of figuring out the meta, like when we talk, I, I just brought up Fnatic because someone else was um, was mentioning Fnatic. In terms of meta, honestly, the LCK and the LPL were far ahead this this summer. And I know, of course, I might have come across as biased because I was screaming in that region, but I was very surprised to see that there is no... Like, Nidalee was a very big deal over here. And DRX and uh, Genji, T1 and uh, Damwon were playing Nidalee. Like Nidalee set was a thing for the longest time. Pantheon was a support for the longest time. Ash was the strongest AD carry for the longest time. And this was, I was looking over in Europe and I see people blind picking Sion top. And the matchup is Sion versus Chogat. And there was a handshake. And then it was just like Drake fights and that's it. Like I was looking in contrast to what we were doing in the LCK to Europe. And I was a bit shocked. Coming into the tournaments, I think LCK and LPL were the most prepared to play this matter. Anyhow, G2, I think they're going to have a hard time against a Genji. And uh, I think, obviously, they have the highest chance of beating a Genji. 
I think Genji still have some flaws and they can definitely stumble over themselves, whether it's preparation or it's some of the issues they showed in, of course, um, the LCK. But... Still tough. If we look at Suning, the first seed, I think some of the issues they showed in two G2 matches was they, they couldn't finish properly with leads. Like they had massive leads, the game should have been over, done and dusted, and they managed to make one game into a lose, and one game into should have been a lose, but Gangplank just smurfed it in the game that you have on your screen. Like Bin won that game for them. Like that Senna had 160 souls. 160 souls. That Senna was 775 range or 800 possibly. That is crazy. That is nuts. And <laughs> they should have lost that game. <laughs> like, like Sion had so many stacks. I've never seen an a Scion in a competitive game with that much HP. That was like the biggest fucking Solaris shield ever. <laughs> Crazy, man. And they got the soul. And then Bin just snapped Senna and Cinder in half. So, of course, I agree Suning had some problems closing out games. Suning, the teams that they might face. So, let's think about it. I think um, they might face... So, there's Fnatic, right? DRX, I think, and of course, JDG. So, these are the three that they can face. Because, of course, they can't face G2. If we think that things are going to go by the standings. Of course, Fnatic is a question. So I think they would lose against JDG. I think DRX would be very competitive. But I think DRX, in terms of drafting, can shoot themselves in the foot. And um, uh, they can face their own region in uh, quarters. Of course they can. Uh, they've removed that rule ever since... I think Worlds 2013. There's no more rule that you can't face the same region. I think Suning... I would favor Suning against DRX. I, I think I would favor Suning against all of these teams except... Uh, uh, except uh, JDG. I think uh, it doesn't take a genius to see that Suning uh, had problems closing out the games. Because I, I do believe that the most difficult aspects of the game and the game the, the the aspects of the game that are the most easy to replicate, I think Suning uh, did better in every one of these aspects in comparison to G two.
the rule still exists for quarter. No, you're wrong. We've had so many quarters where their own region beats beats the other, their own region. Like, why are you so confidently wrong? That's so sad. <laughs> like, I, I just, I don't get it. Why? Are you seriously using Sooning losing a scrim against Evelyn Lucian Shen Ezreal Trash? One scrim. Are are you using that to say that Fnatic should win against um, against uh, Sooning? Jesus, man. <laughs> yeah. There's a I'm definitely a flat earther. <laughs> That's great. Well, we have a lot of games still uh, tomorrow uh, coming into uh, uh, the next day, which is, of course, this group. I think PSG is going to go 0 6. I think Rogue is not going to do any damage to JDG. I'm looking at JDG versus Damon. I think it's only natural that I favor Damon in this matchup. I think. Uh, it goes without saying, they've just performed better and more consistent. But I don't think we should completely count out the idea of JDG winning. Because it's the nature of best of ones. Best of five, I would probably easily predict down one at this point, uh, at this level of the tournament. But JDG is a dangerous team that can definitely take and run away with games. Something goes right for them and then all of a sudden down one would be on the back foot and JDG will not let you recover. And... Uh, I think JDG still can take games over Damwon. I think this is going to be a very, very exciting match. This is like the only game that is worth waking up for because I think everything else would be so fucking one-sided. Rogue against PSG, uh, JDG versus PSG, Damwon versus anyone else is going to be so, so one-sided. So there's nothing really to talk about when it comes to Day 6. I think this is done and settled. This is uh, just not a fun topic. Well, we covered a lot of uh, uh, various uh, ideas and uh, drafts, and we talked about G2. Uh, I'm worried about G2. Uh, I hope, uh, of course, that they bounce back. I don't know what uh, what their approach should be, but I like if I, from what I see outside, this is only from seeing outside. I don't have the scrim information, and of course, G2 that have the information about each other, they're going to be taking their best uh, decisions. But I would look at who are the strongest performers in the team and really, really build drafts around them. Like this is the point in time in the tournament where you need to be honest with yourself because I don't know how much you can learn and improve within a week's time. Fnatic with self-made looking stronger than ever. You haven't been around for a long time, have you? I think that game against... Uh, Selfmade said he is the best EU jungler in the interview. Yeah, he is. He definitely is. I don't think there is uh, any argument.
Who's gonna argue against that? After what we've seen so far. Anyhow, I think that's a good place to round off the video. This was a summary that was 1 hour and 30 minutes. If you made it this far, forgive me for making this so long and kind of all over the place. It kind of happens when I've had a long day and I feel a bit tired. So if you sneeze during this video, bless you and bless your face. Thank you so much for watching all the way up until this point with me. Uh, forgive me for the chaos in this episode. As always, it's going to be on uh, Spotify. You'll find it there. I'm going to continue streaming, so we say bye to YouTube. So don't worry. Bye, YouTube. I'm excited for the next day, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs>